Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 828. This is my interview with Dr. Bradley Nelson. Today, we're discussing the emotion code, how to release trapped emotions for greater health and happiness. Enjoy. G'day gang, welcome to another interview here on the Hidden Why podcast. It is a beautiful day here on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, loving it. I hope you are loving your day wherever you are in this beautiful world of ours. Today guys is a fantastic and interesting interview. It is with Dr. Bradley Nelson, he's a holistic physician and is one of the world's most foremost experts on natural methods of achieving wellness. He has trained thousands of certified practitioners worldwide to help people overcome physical and emotional discomfort by releasing their emotional baggage. In this episode, we discuss his book, The Emotion Code, and also The Body Code, and we really look into how emotions, most majority of the conversation focuses on emotions and how they become trapped in the body um, and what that all means. So we sort of go in depth there. To be honest, it's a little bit out there on topic. It's a bit woo from a lot of people, and don't be put off. Because as soon as we start chatting about it, uh, there's immediately this skepticism about his field of work and how real and effective is it actually, or could it actually be, I think is the question that might come up. Stick with us, stay through it, because there is some really interesting insights. And what I loved most and I found quite inspiring as well is that Dr. Brad shares many stories of working with certain people and patients that are not only inspiring, but it just helps you understand this field of work much more intimately as well so i really hope you enjoy this conversation thank you for tuning in once again and uh until the end see you soon g'day dr brad welcome to the hidden white podcast how are you today well fantastically appreciate being uh, on your show today i'm excited mate awesome to have you here whereabouts are in the world are you well i'm in salt lake city utah right now uh-huh. i just flew up here from st george i'm a pilot and so we fly around tomorrow we're flying up to canada we're doing uh doing two days of emotion code seminar training in Calgary. So, okay. uh, yeah, life is good. In Calgary. I know some people up that way. You connected with um, David Wood at all? Uh, no, I know a David Wood, but it, I, he's not from up there. I've got some relatives, some Nelsons up there. Okay. But I haven't talked to them since I was a kid. So. Yeah, nice. Okay. So you, you're a pilot. You fly around and you obviously yeah. um, do your work, so spreading – the work that you do, the emotion code, what, what is your work? What, what exactly do you do? Well, uh, basically, uh, let, me, let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, it's been a long road for me. It started out when I was seven years old. Um, okay. I was uh, really sick with the measles, and uh, my parents had made a bed for me upstairs so I could be near their bedroom, and uh, everyone else had gone to bed. And I had overheard them talking, and I knew the plan for me was that I was – I was going into the hospital the next day and going into something called an oxygen tent, which is something that they don't use anymore. But uh, that was the plan. And so everyone else had gone to bed, and my folks came into the room. And my mother said to my father, she said, honey, will you kneel down and say a prayer so that our boy will be able to get well? And so I don't think I'd ever heard my dad pray before, but uh, they were really worried about me. And so they knelt down by the side of the couch, and my dad starts offering this prayer. And in the middle of this prayer— this change started at the top of my head, and it went whoosh through my body to the soles of my feet, and I was made well. Now, to go from being really sick one moment to being completely vibrantly healthy in the next instant is something that is so impossible and so bizarre and so unusual and so singular that 
you don't ever forget it. And I remember every moment of that. It was just the most, just incredible. It's a, I mean, it's going to, a lot of people listening to this are going to go like, that's, that's just the impossible. How can you go from, yeah. you know, being so unhealthy in one <laughs> moment by, you know, right. your father giving a prayer next to the bed and suddenly you're yeah. fully well, like yeah. go, let's dig a di- bit deeper into that. Like how indeed you had the measles. What was that? I mean, you were seven years old. I can't remember much about my my, my seventh year no. in this world, but I don't remember anything else when I was seven. I mean, I don't remember much when I was a kid. Most of us don't, you know, when we get older, but, uh, but I remember everything that happened uh, within the space of about five minutes that night. And, um, because it was just so bizarre and so unbelievable. And, you know, what I learned from that hmm. was that there, there is a higher power that we can draw upon apparently and, and get help. And so that really has been a theme of my life. And, um, when I went into chiropractic, uh, uh, practice, I developed this habit of just asking for help from that higher power. And, you know, that higher power goes by different names depending on, you know, who you are and what you believe and so on. And that's fine. But if you believe that there is a higher power, hmm. uh, then uh, I'll tell you something. It, it's really it was an amazing thing. Nobody ever knew that I was doing this. I mean, I practiced for basically about twenty years, um, seventeen years in a brick and mortar practice, and about two and a half years in a in a distance practice where I just worked with people on the phone or over Skype. Yeah. But I had this habit before I would work on somebody, I would just take a moment and just silently ask for help from up above from that higher power. And I'll tell you something, uh, there were times, Lee, when I was uh, in practice, especially when I was working, trying to work with somebody that had uh, a condition that I didn't know how to approach, didn't know how to help this person. And there were times when I would ask for that help and try to make that connection, when the information would just flood into me like an avalanche of understanding and data. And sometimes it was a totally different way of looking at things than what anybody else had ever thought of before. So, um, so I've learned that, uh, so when you talk about this higher power, like what's, what's the higher power to you? Is it a particular religion that you'll sort of follow or is it, or is it just a belief? Well, yeah, I, you know, I think it's different. It's different for different people, of course. Uh, but, uh, to me, the higher power is, is literally our, our father, uh, who, has engineered all of this amazing existence and reality so that we can, uh, we can be here to make choices and learn how to, uh, learn how to have a life of joy and, and service and learn how to live happily and, uh, make those choices, you know, between right and wrong and light and dark and so on that we all end up having to make. I mean, if you think about it, the sum total of your life is made up of all these little choices that you make. And I've read a lot of stories where people die, they go to the other side, and there's no judgment, but they're able to see the ripple effect of all the choices that they made, all the things they said to other people, all the choices they made, good or bad, and they're able to, to perceive and understand and comprehend the ripple effect of those things that they did, good or bad, on other people, and, uh, and other people and other people, you know, they're able to, to see and understand that. So I think that's a lot of the reason why we're here. I think we're here to learn how to live a life of joy and um, and a life of gratitude, really. I think that gratitude is a very similar vibration to joy. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that the Bible teaches is that we should try to have gratitude for everything that happens to us, whether it's good or bad. Hmm. And it's easy to have gratitude for good things, but a little harder if things aren't going right. So, 
when you when you look up, you know, and and you know, you say your prayers to that higher power, whoever it might be in each individual's life. What's the connection there between this higher power and our own consciousness, or consciousness in general? Well, I shouldn't say our own consciousness because I don't know if it's our own consciousness at all. But yeah, well, uh, my own my own particular beliefs are that we. Um, I believe that we've always lived, that we're eternal beings, and that right now we're passing through this mortal existence, and that so we are we're really spiritual beings having a, a physical experience here in this world. And I think that um, I think that uh, that God is uh, is a God of love and a God of uh, of expansion, and that uh, that God, that higher power, source energy, whatever you know, however you want to call it, um, whatever you want to refer to it as, uh, I believe. Uh, that it is uh, it's a power that is in our favor hmm. and and if we ask for help uh, we can get that help now, most people don't think to ask yeah but um, but that's been really the that's that's really been the basis and the fundamental uh, thread that has run through my whole life is asking for help and that's where a lot of these amazing uh, Amazing teachings really have come from that are in the body code, for example, and in the emotion code. Yep. And so it's not a difficult thing. It's not a complex thing. But I'll give you an example. Yep. Um, we have a daughter who's 19 years old. And when my wife was pregnant with her about 20 years ago, she was really sick with morning sickness. And she asked me if I would help her. And so I started thinking about the things that we normally recommend for people that are dealing with morning sickness. And none of those things really work. And so... So I just directed my thoughts to, you know, heavenward, skyward, whatever you want to call it. And I, and I just posed this question, you know, to, to the creator. Well, is there, a, is there a better way to do this? There's got to be a better way to do this. And I got this answer. And the answer that suddenly came to me was that uh, it, it's a connection issue. That morning sickness, which, of course, so many women deal with and it's so miserable, uh, is actually – created by a disconnection between that new life that's growing and the brain of the mother. And so, uh, so I was able to work with my wife and knock it right out. And uh, we have people now in different parts of the world who just specialize in working with morning sickness from that understanding that I gained. So I think that uh, most people go through their lives without realizing that um, that there is help available for us just for the asking. And, and yeah. of course, that help isn't always there instantly. You know, we want things instantly and we want, uh, you know, immediate answers and so on because we're kind of programmed that way. But um, mm. but the reality of it is you can't connect the dots uh, looking forward into the future. But if you look back on your life, if you've been asking for help, then you can see where that help has come through. And sometimes it does come right in the moment, like, like that case uh, with the morning sickness. With the morning sickness, just the connection there, like what do you do to, and I don't want to go too far into this, but what's, how do you help women create that connection? Well, basically, first of all, let me explain that um, what we believe is that the subconscious mind within each one of us hmm. is, uh, is extremely intelligent, far, far more than we give credit uh, uh, to it. And, we live, of course, and spend all of our waking hours in our conscious mind, and yeah. 
But the subconscious mind, I believe, is so intelligent that uh, it's actually running everything in our bodies. It's, it's creating new, three million new red blood cells every minute and digesting our food and keeping our heart beating and our lungs breathing and everything else and, and doing all of this. And so what we do is we ask questions and using muscle testing, we're able to get those answers and we're actually tapping into the subconscious mind. So, for example, hmm. if I were there with you right now, um, I could have you make a statement, like you could say your name, my name is Lee. And then if I were to press down on your outstretched arm, you should be strong because that's a true or congruent statement. If you were to say your name is Jim, and if I were to press down on your arm, you would be weaker. And any of your listeners can try this. It, this is uh, So just stretch uh, out an arm? Yeah. So hold out your arms like straight? Yeah, and if I were there with you, I would yeah. press down on on maybe down on your wrist am area. I consciously pushing and, up or uh, am I just naturally holding yeah you're up? trying to hold it you're trying to resist that downward pressure and so we call this muscle testing and um, it's also known as kinesiology it's been around since the 1960s mm-hmm. but uh, we use it with the work that we are teaching to specifically ask questions of the subconscious mind you see They've done studies uh, many years ago, Dr. Wilder Penfield did studies where they found that uh, if a person was uh, undergoing brain surgery under certain circumstances uh, with, the, uh, with the skull basically, the top of the skull removed and the brain exposed, they could touch electrodes to a certain part of the person's brain and they would have memories come back to them that would not be remembered under normal circumstances. You know, suddenly it's 20 years before and they were remembering Thanksgiving dinner, and they're sitting around, they can smell the turkey and the yams. And, wow. and yeah, and so, so all of those memories are stored in the subconscious, and we believe that uh, everything you've ever done is stored in the subconscious, which is kind of a holographic computer that is beyond our ability to really understand. It must be uh, many, many gigabytes, point. eh? Many, many gigabytes of memory. Well, yeah, many, many, many terabytes, or I don't know what you... <laughs> I don't know. It's a different kind of storage that we don't understand. Yeah, but, yeah. but computers have given us a paradigm, see. So it is kind of like a computer, and it stores data. But uh, your subconscious mind remembers everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled. The whole history of your health or disease is in the subconscious mind. And I'll tell you something. I believe with all my heart and soul that the future of healing is – tapping into this unbelievably deep well of the subconscious. It knows what you need. For example, I'll tell you a story. Um, there was a woman who came in to see me once. She'd been hospitalized for five days with this terrible pain in her abdomen. And uh, the doctors ran all the tests that they could. Uh, all the tests were negative, And they finally decided that they couldn't help her. And so they, they let her go. And so she came in to see me. And uh, I tested her, and I found some imbalances, asking her subconscious mind questions and then using some tables that I had developed that now we call the body code. And, um, and I cleared some trapped emotional energies from her and some other things. One of the things that showed up with her was that she needed uh, chromium. And uh, we were out of it at the time. Uh, we used to carry things like that, but I was out of it time and I said uh, you know I think this is just an incidental finding so this is something I think you probably should get didn't think anything else about it so the next day she comes in and she's actually getting worse and she was really in pain 
So I didn't know what else to do. So I started asking questions of her subconscious mind. And the very first thing that came up out of thousands and thousands of different possibilities was that she needed chromium. And then I remembered. Now, how does that sort of come up when you're asking these questions? Like, what sort of question do you ask to get that answer? Well, what we do, we we have a, a program that we've developed that runs on computers and phones and mobile devices. It's called the body code. And what I found when I was in practice is that there are really six different kinds of imbalances that people suffer from that tend to create the symptoms that we're dealing with. You see, the thing is, in Western medicine, generally speaking, symptoms are looked at as the problem. For example, if you've got a migraine headache, you go to the doctor, he'll give you something that they have found will deaden the symptom. And the symptom is the pain. But what, what I believe and have come to know for 100% certain is that the symptoms that we experience are not the problem at all. They're just the symptom. They're kind of like the check engine light on your car. If that comes on, you know that that's not really the problem. If it was the problem, you could put a piece of tape over it and that would solve you know, the issue, right? Yeah. But really the problem is something else. And so that's how it is in the body. Right. So there's these six different kinds of imbalances. And so what we do is we ask questions and, uh, and then muscle test the person. And at, we simply ask the subconscious mind, uh, verbally or non-verbally, uh, what imbal- you know, do you have an imbalance that we need to correct uh, that will help you with this problem? And so uh, how would you ask it you'll, non-verbally? You'll be taken. Sorry? How would you ask it non-verbally? Well, you can just think it. And so you uh, just the ask subconscious the mind to, to think it. Yeah, okay. You didn't know you can think it yourself and you'll get answers. Yeah, yeah. And the sub- the subconscious mind of that person and you are in complete and full duplex communication all the time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I asked if this imbalance the, her body said she needed something was it on the left side of the uh, body code chart? The answer was no, it was on the right side. It was in an area called circuits uh, or in um, nutrition and lifestyle. We went there and uh, it wasn't on the left side. According to the muscle testing, it was on the right side of this list. The subconscious mind, you see, knows and understands far more than we give it credit for. And it took took me right to the nutritional page. And then we have all the nutrients that people need generally in a list, in a table with columns and rows. And I asked if it was in column A, and her body said, no, it's in column B. And uh, it was in the very first row in column B, and uh, it was the second one down, as I recall, which is chromium. And, and I thought, oh, wait, chromium, yeah, wait, that showed up yesterday. And so I said to her, listen, I said, I want you to, apparently your body really needs chromium. I have no idea why, but I want you to leave my office right now, go down the street, go to the health food store down there, and uh, buy some chromium. And then have them give you some water, open it up, and take some right then. And she did. 20 minutes later, she's literally jumping up and down in my waiting room, and she's shouting, I'm fixed, I'm fixed, I, I can't believe it. She said, the moment, the instant that she took the chromium, the pain went away. And she asked me how that worked, and I said, well, I really don't know, but I know that your body um, knew that you needed it, and so your body was able to communicate that to us. Now, Lay, imagine, imagine going into uh, a hospital in the future, and you've been diagnosed with some f- fatal disease, and you go in and imagine that in the future, they're able to hook you up to some kind of a machine that actually queries your own internal computer system, your own subconscious mind, and is able to determine the answers about what it is 
that you really need so that there's no wasted time. The real true underlying imbalances can then be corrected and addressed and maybe your life can be saved. Who knows? But um, that's really what the body code, uh, that's really what the body code is. It's a way of figuring out what these deep underlying imbalances are. So this, and, yeah. So the subconscious mind is really, um, I guess, all over exactly what's going on in the body, imbalances, balances, and all that sort of thing at any given time. It absolutely is. Yeah, it knows exactly. Uh, there's a yeah. list in the subconscious mind of whatever needs to be done to get you better. And it worked incredibly well when I was in practice. In fact, during the last 10 years that I was in practice, most of the people that I saw had been told that there was really no hope for them, no cure for them in Western medicine at all. And these are people dealing with things like chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. And uh, I saw cancer cases and all kinds of other cases. And, and some of these people were so sick, they were literally praying that they could just die hmm. and, and be dead because they had no, no quality of life. Uh, I remember the worst chronic fatigue patient I ever saw was sleeping 22 hours a day. Imagine, you know, sleeping your life away because yeah. you just you can't do anything else. And um, the vast majority of those people were able to get well during those years because simply because I was asking the subconscious mind what they really needed. Mm. And uh, in fact, I sometimes would tell people when they would first come in to see me, I would say, "Look, I'm I'm basically clueless. However, I know that your subconscious mind knows the answers." And so that's what we do. And of course, in a, in a more simple way, that's what we do with the, uh, with the emotion code. Yeah. What I found during all those years was that uh, people were suffering from mental and physical and emotional problems, and I was seeing people of all ages. But what I found that they all had in common was what you might call emotional baggage, hmm. or in other words, these emotional energies that become trapped in the body during these uh, experiences that we go through. Uh, one of the first cases that I, that I saw of this was a woman yep. that came in to see me uh, who thought she was having a heart attack. And she had crushing chest pain, difficulty breathing. Uh, the left side of her face was numb. Her left arm was totally numb. And we had our office close to a, a hospital. And I told my staff, look, we might need an ambulance, but let me just check her really quickly. And so I did, and I started asking some questions and getting some answers on muscle testing her. And what I found was she had a trapped emotion, and uh, that was causing these symptoms. And the trapped emotion was grief, and uh, her subconscious mind, as I was asking yes and no questions, I asked, well, did this occur within the last year? No. Two years? No. Three years? Yes. So it was about three years before. And when I arrived at that, she burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And I said, well, what in the world happened to you? And she said that three years before, her husband was having an affair, and she found out about it and confronted him about it. And their marriage blew up, and um, she ended up getting a divorce and cried buckets of tears and mm. ended up going to therapy to deal with it mentally. And she'd even recently gotten remarried. Uh, so as far as she was concerned, that guy was just her ex, and it was all in the past. But as far as her body was concerned... It was still right there. And I released that trapped emotion. And to release a trapped emotion, you just pass a magnet or your fingertips just down, um, right down the middle of the back, down the, uh, right down the spine a few times. And the 
crushing chest pain. The difficulty breathing was gone instantly. Within three seconds, the feeling came back into her arm and into her face, and she was totally fine. I'm still in touch with her, by the way, and that was probably, that must be almost 30 years ago. Now, this woman, you see, if you think about it, what, what happened with her? Well, she experienced this intense emotion of grief. She was really in love with that guy, her first husband, and, um, and he betrayed her, and the grief was so powerful that it didn't get processed, and so that energy got stuck in her body. And we call this a trapped emotion. And a trapped emotion, we believe, is literally a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball, and these lodge in the body. And so that energy was lodged right there in her heart. And it was actually creating symptoms that right. would well. put you into the hospital. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, she left the office 10 minutes later feeling totally fine. And uh, and I remember after she left sitting at my desk and just thinking, wow, what, what did I just witness? How is that possible that I just saw what I just saw? And... Um, we're still in touch, and she's never had another problem. But I'll tell you something. I believe – you see, we now know that people die of a broken heart, especially women over age 55. Uh, something really traumatically emotional happens. Um, sometimes they just die of a broken heart, and um, it happens. And Western medicine admits this now. It was the Japanese that originally discovered this. It's really interesting. They, they called it Takatsubo syndrome because they found it on X-ray – a woman who was dying of a broken heart, uh, on x-ray, her heart would actually assume the shape of a takatsubo, which is a Japanese fisherman's uh, octopus-catching jar they put on the bottom of the ocean, and the octopus climb in there. And yeah. uh, really interesting. Hmm. So I think that that woman, uh, her name is Debbie, I think she probably would not have survived. She's still alive. She's a horse ranch up in Oregon. And, uh, and is doing really well. But I think that uh, probably after 10 or 15 years or maybe 20 years had gone by, she may very well have died of a broken heart. And uh, nobody would have realized that what really killed her was uh, her husband's affair. Yeah, yeah. So. I've got a couple of questions here. And um, probably I'll just stay on that one for now. But it's like why would, you know, three years ago break up with a husband, you moved on, you're feeling normal – in a new relationship, why would the body hold on to an emotional ball of energy? Well, you know, it's really interesting. We're beings of pure energy. And, uh, I mean, if you look at your hand, it's pretty solid. But if you magnify it a million times or more, eventually you're looking face-to-face with a single individual atom. And if you look inside the atom, you see there's really nothing in there. It's just empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. Yeah. So that's really who we are. In fact, um, some quantum physicists recently calculated that uh, you could, if you took all of the empty space out of everyone's body on Earth, you could fit everyone, all of humanity, into a little box the size of a sugar cube. Because that's how much empty space there is inside of us, really, even though these bodies seem solid. Well... To answer your question, uh, you know, it's a really great question. Why do our bodies hold on to these energies? Emotions are designed to be felt and, and processed, and then we move on with our lives. And most of the time, that's what happens. But sometimes, for some reason, that process gets interrupted. We either, we, 
either the emotion is just too strong and too powerful and it gets stuck in the body uh, as an energy so that you see what happens is when you're feeling an intense emotion of anger or resentment or grief or sadness or whatever it might be, on a quantum level, if you're really yeah. feeling that emotion, on a quantum level, your whole body is vibrating at that frequency. And so sometimes if the energies, if that emotion is too powerful, um, that uh, part of that emotional energy just is stuck behind. We don't really know all the reasons, but another, another uh, uh, mechanism by which we think emotional baggage uh, gets created is if an emotion is naturally wanting to come up for you and you bury it, um, so that, uh, and you know, this is an understanding that I think just about everybody has that if you tend to swallow your emotions, uh, and you don't deal with them, eventually they're going to come out somewhere else. And, and, uh, and that's literally true that, um, that people end up manifesting symptoms from their emotional baggage. One of the things that we have found, for example, is that 90% of the physical pain that people experience is actually due to their emotional baggage. And we have seen this over and over and over all over the world now for 30 years or so. Um, I'll give you an example. So that's 96%, uh, you say? Yeah, about, well, somewhere in the 90% range. We don't know exactly, but it's way up there. Yeah. Most, most physical discomfort has an emotional component. And... We know this because we've been doing this all over the world for so many years. But I'll tell you a story that will maybe help to understand uh, yeah. or help to explain this. There was a guy that came into me once who um, had really severe low back pain. It was a 9 on a 0 to 10 scale. And 10 is, you know, call 911 or go to emergency. And, uh, and I tested him and I found he had a trapped emotion or this ball of emotional energy. Uh, and it was causing his back pain. And uh, as I asked some more questions about this, uh, the emotion was anger, and uh, it had gotten stuck in his body about 20 years before. And he immediately remembered what had happened. He'd been through something really difficult, traumatic at work, and he was very upset. And uh, he remembered that. Well, that back pain brought him into the office. And, uh, and so when I was able to identify that and release it, and releasing it again just takes a few swipes uh, down the spine – and uh, the pain went from a nine to a zero uh, within about three seconds to a zero. And he mm. couldn't believe it. He kept bending over and stretching and exclaiming. And, and, um, and he, he finally left and went home. Well, a couple of days later, he came back in to see me. And here's what he said. He said, Dr. Nelson, he said, you know, he said, my back still, I still have no back pain. And I still can't quite believe it. But he said, when I first came in here, I... I had another problem I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been what you would call a rageaholic. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. I'm just an angry kind of a person. I've had to take anger management several times. Hasn't really helped me. I got to watch the road rage. He said, but since you released that emotion of anger from me, he said, I don't feel it anymore. I feel different. He said, I feel just really different, like relaxed and peaceful. He yeah. said, how did that work? And I said, well, I, I really don't know. But here's what we believe. Okay, mm. think about this. A trapped emotion. You see, since the body's just an energy field, when you introduce a ball of emotional energy into that field because of something that you've just experienced. So is that ball all together? Like what? I'm just trying to imagine a ball of energy so. in one area. Like, yeah. Or is it dispersed throughout the body? 
No, generally speaking, they are, um, we believe they're like a little ball. And uh, again, about the size of a baseball or a softball. And this one was apparently lodged in his low back. And they'll lodge in the body. They'll always lodge somewhere. And they'll often lodge in an area where you're having some kind of a, um, well, maybe there's some weakness going on. Or maybe you've had a little bit of an injury or or something. I get a a sore back from time to time. But often I think it's, you know, maybe I just slept wrong or. Yeah, well. You never know. I mean, um, there may very well be some emotional baggage there. It's not unusual. It's always a good idea to check it. Well, so anyway, with this guy, what happened? Think about this. 20 years before, he's feeling this intense emotion. His whole body is taking on this frequency of anger. It's so powerful. He can't process it very well. And part of it gets stuck in his body, in his low back. And so that event is over and Mm -hmm. he moves on with his life. Well, 20 years later, now, you see, what happens is when you have a trapped emotion – uh, it's actually distorting the normal energy field of the body. It has this distorting force so that uh, wherever a trapped emotion is lodged, uh, the chemical reactions taking place in the cells within that area, within that ball, are a little bit off. Uh, the blood flow and lymph flow is a little bit off, we think. Uh, the flow of energy in the acupuncture meridians in that area is a little bit off. And so eventually... The pain can be so severe. In, this, in his case, the pain got so bad, he came in to see me, and, uh, and we were able to figure out it was this trapped emotion 20 years ago, release it. Suddenly, that distorting effect that, uh, that that energy was having on his low back is gone. And so with it goes this, ter- this terrible discomfort. But remember, he came back a couple days later, and he said that he didn't feel angry anymore. Well, here's what happens. Mm. What we believe is that when you have a trapped emotion, in his case, he had a trapped emotion of anger. And so those tissues for 20 years, we believe, had been feeling that emotion of anger. I know this is really kind of out there, but this yeah. is what we believe. Hmm. The, those, those tissues had literally been vibrating at that frequency of, of anger all those years. And so he was uh, – so part of his body was already feeling that emotion. So when a situation would arise in his life where he might tend to feel that emotion of anger, he would feel it. He would slide right into that feeling, right into that resonance right into that vibration, into that frequency much more easily because part of his body was already feeling it, you see. And so this is the kind of thing, if you can imagine, everybody's walking around carrying all of this emotional baggage. And there must be a lot of it. I mean, there must be a lot of emotional, I guess, negative energy in my body right now. There probably is. If you've never had any of it removed, the average adult, we figure, probably has about 300 or so of these trapped emotions, literally our emotional baggage. And what this stuff does to it is uh, to us, if you can imagine, think about that guy uh, and how this is affecting his body. Well, what if you've got a trapped emotion in your liver? Uh, what if you've got a trapped emotion in uh, your heart or your lungs or in your brain? What kind of an effect do these have? Well, what we're finding is that people who are dealing with, with chronic problems like sadness and anxiety or um, people that are suffering from eating disorders, uh, PTSD, uh, are finding that when they start removing this emotional baggage, all kinds of things improve. And um, not only physical things, but also mental, emotional things. Mm. I've seen people who were, uh, I've seen people suicidally depressed myself, um, completely turn around within a few days of having this emotional baggage uh, removed. 
So, and you know, one of the beautiful things about this is. So you're going um, through and clearing out all the emotional baggage, or touching on the big balls of energy first, like. Well, you know, you you start you start at the beginning, and then you you clear whatever shows up. With depression, one of the most profound things that we have found is that uh, is that a lot of it has to do with the heart, yeah. and um, and that's another discussion. But the heart, we believe, is a second brain. Uh, the ancients believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance and uh, and really the core of our being, and. Science is now starting to bear out that um, uh, it's starting to prove, I believe, that the ancient peoples were right somehow, that they knew something that we didn't. Because in the West, we look at the heart as just a, a muscle, it's just a pump, it just pumps blood, that's all it does. But um, what we have found is that when you feel like your heart is going to break, uh, that that is a physical sensation that's common to all cultures and all peoples across the earth that we've looked at. And um, when you feel like your heart is going to break, you're, somebody's really hurting you or you're really, really deeply grieved. And it can feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or like you're choking, like you can't breathe. Do you, do you remember feeling that at some point in your life? Mm, probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. Most yeah. people do. And so if you experience that more than once or twice, the subconscious mind will try to protect the heart by putting a wall around it, hmm. a, wall, a wall of energy. And this wall is made from, literally from layers of your emotional baggage, from your trapped emotions. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's a crazy thing. It sounds far out, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, um, we've seen some of the most amazing things happen. Um, we discovered this on my wife, who um, who had had a lot of trouble with sadness and anxiousness uh, for all of her life, and never really felt like she belonged yeah. anywhere until that was removed. And then the next person that I saw um, was a nurse that came in to see me. She was 38 years old, and uh, she came in to see me for neck pain that she'd seen a couple of other doctors for, and they hadn't been able to help her. So, as I was talking with her, she told me that. Um, she was a nurse, uh, and that she was single, and uh, she had not dated in eight years, and she was never going to date again ever. She was going to die single. She was a celibate person, and she was an attractive person. And I, I said, "Well, why do you, uh, why do you feel this way? What uh, what happened to you that made you feel this way? That you want to be single the rest of your life?" And she said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy that she wanted to be with forever, but he betrayed her and broke her heart, and. Um, and that was it. She hadn't dated since then. It was never going to date again. So I tested her hmm. uh, using the emotion code and found that she had this phenomenon, this heart wall phenomenon, where hmm. the subconscious builds a wall around the heart to protect it. There were three emotions, three layers of energy, if you can imagine. It's an invisible thing, but uh, there are three layers, three trapped emotions making up that wall around your heart. Yeah. And uh, so we cleared those one at a time. They all had to do with the breakup from eight years before. And when we got to the last one and released it, suddenly the neck pain that she'd come in for was just instantaneously gone. And um, she left the office a few minutes later feeling totally fine. And she didn't come back. Three months later, she comes back into the office. And I'll always remember this. I, I looked at her and said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? What's going on? She said, well, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall from me. And that really works. 
is that about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And she said, we're dating and we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. Right. So this is the kind of thing that is not at all unusual uh, when you start working on the body the way that it really wants to be worked on. When you start clearing the real imbalances uh, that are there, when you start dealing with the body for what it really is, which is a, a very, very complex energy field. But the treatments actually can be so simple that even kids can do them. In fact, I, if, if mm. I can, I want to tell you a story. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, I was uh, talking with a woman a while ago who told me this story. She said that um, she, she got the emotion code book, um, the, the soft cover book and the book on audio, started listening to it and reading it. And her son started reading it and listening to it as well. And she didn't pay too much attention, but she noticed that he was practicing a little bit with his friends. A couple of weeks go by, and uh, the phone rings, and she picks up the phone, and there's a woman on the other end of the phone line who identifies herself as the mother of one of this woman's son's friends. And she says, listen, your son has been doing this emotional thing with the other boys. And she said, I don't know what he's doing. But she said, I have to tell you something. She said, my son has had um, a severe phobia of water all of his life. Hmm. Now, you can have a phobia to anything, and his was to water, which can happen. And um, kind of unusual, but it can happen. And she said, we've taken him to everybody that we could ever find, and nobody's ever been able to do anything about this. And she said, it's been very disruptive to his life and to our life as a family. But she said, I have to tell you something. She said, I'm at the community pool right now. And she said, my son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the very first time in his entire life. She said, your son did this to him. She said, how is this even possible? What in the world is he doing? And those two boys are only 11 years old, see? Mm. So that's how simple this can be, and yet how life-changing it can be. Uh, kids can do it, and they are doing it all over the world. Yeah. So these emotional balls of energy, when you're saying that, you know, they can be formed around the heart, um, that's stopping people from not only expressing or giving love, but also receiving it? Well, exactly right. Because what they have found, um, we now have instrumentation that can measure the magnetic field of the heart. And uh, it's called a magnetocardiogram. And when we use that device, what we find is that the heart puts out this energy field that extends, this magnetic field that goes out 12 feet in diameter around the body. And they found that when one person That's is feeling huge. love or affection, yes, it's huge. When one person is feeling love or affection for another person, their heartbeat will manifest and become measurable in that other person's brain waves. So there's this communication that is going on between all of us all the time, you see. And the problem is, when you have a wall, an invisible wall around your heart, you nailed it. It makes it much more difficult for you to feel love, to give love, to, to receive love. Because love, it's a verb, but it's also an energy, you hmm. see, that we send from one to another. And, um, you know, we have so many amazing stories about, uh, about this, literally from all over the world. But... Um, and, I, and I, I'm a storyteller, 
I, I love to tell these stories. You tell, tell so some good ones. <laughs> well, all right, let me share one with you. Uh, there was a woman that brought her son in to see me. Mm-hmm. who's was nine years old. Yeah. And what had happened was a few months before, um, he started having trouble at school. He, he wouldn't do his homework, or if he did do it, he wouldn't hand it in. She'd come into his room at night, and he'd be on the floor, laying on the floor. And she'd say, what are you doing on the floor? And he'd say, I don't deserve to be in a bed. And she didn't understand what was wrong with him. One day, she paid a surprise visit to his school, only to find his teacher telling him how pathetic he was and how unhappy she was with him. And so that was it. She took him out of school, tried to do school at home with him, and that wasn't working either. Hmm. So she took him in to see a psychiatrist and a psychologist, and she was told that he was severely depressed, clinically depressed, at only nine years old. Hmm. And um, But she was told that he couldn't really be helped because he wouldn't admit that he was depressed. Not well, hmm. he was only nine. Yeah. So, so she brought him in to see me, and... Uh, and what I found was that he had a heart wall. And as we started to remove these emotions one by one, we're, we're communicating with his subconscious mind and identifying times in his life uh, where these particular emotions were overwhelming and got trapped in his body and formed into these layers around his heart. Well, uh, in his particular case, it had to do, these trapped emotions happened to do, um, uh, happened to have to do with deaths in the family. Uh, one of them, uh, one of the trapped emotions had to do with the car accident that a couple of his cousins were killed in. Um, we released that one. And then another one had to do with another death where a cousin was actually, uh, on a hayride and was, uh, fell off the hayride and got run over by the tractor. Wow. And it was a terrible, sad thing, tragic thing. And then we got to the very last emotion and here's what happened. Uh, we found out he was with his family, and they were at a lake uh, in California at a family reunion. And he was on this dock uh, out in the lake with his best friend, his, this little cousin, a little boy, his same age, five years old. And um, his big sister was there, and she was the designated babysitter. She was 12 years old. Yeah. Well, she was, there, were, there was no adult supervision. She was trying to teach this little cousin of theirs to swim. And uh, he disappeared underneath the dock. And it was about an hour later that the divers were able to find his body and recover his body. And, mm. and uh, the sister was there and he was there and he, the divers pull out this dead boy and he's blue and gone. And the overwhelming guilt, if you can imagine being the babysitter and having this such a horrific thing happen on your watch, the overwhelming guilt that was consuming his sister was absorbed by him and immediately formed into a wall around his heart or his little heart was going to absolutely break because he just lost his best friend and it was his sister's fault really that this had happened and that was the beginning and so we released that last emotion from his heart wall and then according to the muscle testing uh, the, the heart wall was gone so his mom took him home and for the next couple of days he was lying around kind of lethargic and his mom was thinking well doesn't look like that helped either. But but he was processing. You see, when you have emotional energies like this release, the body has to go through this processing period. It usually mm. goes for a day or two. Yeah. So he was processing. And then on the morning of the third day, he got himself up early, got his backpack ready, got his books ready, um, got all dressed, went downstairs, said to his mom, and this is a direct quote, he said, Mom, I can go back to school now. I'm a happy pappy. 
wow. That's what he said. Hmm. And he actually went into the program for advanced kids because he was so smart and and because um, uh, he was well. And his mother told me, she said, if I had not been open to trying something so radically new and different, yeah. uh, she said, I don't think my son would have survived. He's... Um, He's 30 years old, I believe now, 29 or 30, and I believe he's got a couple of kids of his own. I've lost track over the years, but uh, but think about it's that. It's a good story. Didn't think it's a good story. Survived. Yeah. So with these um, these emotional balls of energy building up around the heart, that's to to prevent the heart from having some sort of heart attack or yeah, broken. Well, heart, it's, you call it. it's to prevent. Yeah, it's to prevent you from having to. Uh, it's, it's to try to help your heart to from, from being broken exactly right. So to allow your heart to you, operate. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a form of protection. It's it's kind of like moving your heart into a bunker when the bombs are falling. But when the war is over and the bombs are falling and the bully moves away or the divorce is finalized, your heart is still living in a bunker. Now, uh-huh. it diminishes the life you're able to live. In fact, what we have found, Lee, is that uh, 93% of people have this heart wall phenomenon. And so here we are, and you know, the, the best advice I think that uh, anybody's ever given me is to follow my heart, but I had a heart wall. Hmm. And uh, for me, it started at age 13 when I, I was in a relationship that I was too young for, and, yeah, yeah. and it broke up. You know what I mean? I think and it's so interesting with these emotions. Like, I mean, we're not taught how to deal with emotions, and... I guess we just yeah. deal with them as we've been conditioned and as society would, you know, sort of have us expect to deal with them. Yeah, that's right. So is that something that you work to or aim to to improve is, is helping people in life generally yes. so we can stop building these balls of energy? And Yes, exactly right. You know, that's the – it's chapter 11 in yeah. the Emotion Code book. Yeah. And um, we teach people how – you know, the fascinating thing about it is – Uh, we really do choose our emotions. Most of us go through life believing that our emotions choose us, that external things happen to us, and then the emotional responses that we have are totally automated, and they're out of our control. But really, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, we say funny things um, like, oh, you know, he made me so angry, or that made me so upset. But Really, we choose to be upset or we, we choose the emotion of anger or whatever it is. So emotions are a messenger also from the deep subconscious. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so for example, uh, the guy that I told you about that was the, uh, the rageaholic, uh, what was happening with him was he still was holding on to this anger from what had happened 20 years before. And so his body was trying to communicate to him the red light on his dashboard for his body was anger and rage. Hmm. And that was, it was an abnormal sort of a thing. And that should have been his indicator that there was something wrong. See? So, I mean, if you're going through life and you're having a hard time finding your soulmate, or if you're having a hard time creating the life that you want, or if you're having a hard time keeping the money in your bank account, uh, whatever it might be, uh, these are things that are, that are maybe, uh, they're not the physical symptoms we usually think of, but these are also all red lights on the dashboard of your body that can tell you or be a message to you that, hey, something isn't right somewhere. And uh, the most common kind of imbalance that we suffer from as human beings hmm. is trapped emotions by far. 
So these imbalances, you, you talk, sorry, you talked about um, the six imbalances I think you mentioned earlier on. Uh-huh. So one of them is the emotion that's an imbalance. Yes, exactly right. Can, so what are the there other are five? Really six, well, the other five are things like uh, pathogens is one. So, for example, we, uh, we end up developing uh, pathogens in the body. We, we get little infections, viruses, bacteria, fungal infections, mold that we pick up somewhere, maybe a parasite from some restaurant we went to. And these things can come into the body and set up housekeeping. And a lot of the time, these things, if they're low-grade, they won't show up on Western medical testing. And this is one of the reasons why people uh, are sick and yet all the medical tests are negative. I mean, I, if I had a nickel for every time somebody came to see me that said that that was what they had experienced, that all the tests were negative, they, you know, we could probably go to lunch somewhere nice. So that's one kind of imbalance. Yeah. Another kind is, uh, is misalignments. And any tissue in the body can become misaligned. Now, as a chiropractor, my training was to look at the spine primarily and realign the spine. And I saw great results just doing that, and and so do chiropractors all over the world. But what I found was that really any bone can misalign and really any tissue can misalign. And beyond that, if there's a tissue or a bone that's misaligned, there's usually an emotional reason. Or in other words, there's a trapped emotion that is actually creating that. And so if you can find the emotion and release it, the bone can instantly return back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and then there's, there are things like nutritional, like the lady that I was telling you about that needed yeah. the chromium, uh, things like that. There are, of course, another kind of imbalances, toxicity, uh, you know, toxicity from the food that we eat, from the air that yeah. we breathe, the water we drink, yeah. from vaccinations and medications and all kinds of things. Those need to be removed from the body for you to be totally healthy. Another yeah. kind of imbalance has to do with uh, the circuitry and the systems in the body, the organs and the glands all have an electrical circuit. And so in the body could we teach all of this? And it's really fascinating because, uh, for example, uh, if your right knee hurts, it's probably because you have an imbalance in the gallbladder. And if you've got pain between your shoulder blades, you probably have an imbalance in the liver. And if you've got left knee pain, it's probably because you've been under too much stress and your adrenals are starting to be stressed. And so we teach all these connections and correlations because all the muscles and most of the glands connect to certain uh, – yeah, they connect to certain muscles. Hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting journey for me 30 yeah, years. Yeah, still and probably very, um, I suppose <laughs> – a lot more research to be done in this, this era. Well, you know, um, what happened with me, the Emotion Code book, I published it in 2007. And about a year later, one day, yeah. um, one morning, I woke up and my mind was full of instruction. And the instruction was, you need to take everything that you've learned about natural healing and put it into a self-study course that anyone can learn and make it available to everyone everywhere. And this did not come from my own mind. Um, I remember, I remember laying there thinking, "Okay, this sounds like a lot of work. Are you, are you sure about this?" And, <laughs> and it, it, it took a year to put the first one together. But um, but that's the body code, and people can find out more about it um, on our website at uh, bodycodenow.com or discoverhealing.com. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. May look fantastic stuff. There's a lot more, um, I suppose, questions and things that we could we could go into in more depth so perhaps a, a part two would be uh, beneficial but i do appreciate you taking the time out today and coming on and sharing 
Um, so you've got the bodycode.com. You've also got, uh, is it the emotioncode.com? Well, um, we have, yeah, we have emotioncodegift.com. Emotion code emotion code we, gift. we have the emotion, yeah. Uh, we've got a few websites, but our main website is discoverhealing.com because that's what we help people to do is to discover healing, discover their own healing abilities and discover healing from other people that we have around the world, our practitioners. And that's how they and, can uh, sort of find you and, and connect with you. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Discover yeah. Healing. And there's also a map of practitioners all over the world. We have a lot of people in Australia. But we're hoping to get down to Australia this coming year um, to um, do some teaching. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Cool stuff. So, guys, check it out and um, reach out to Dr. Bradley Nelson. Uh, ask him any questions, connect, and, um, yeah, check it out on the com as well. This is episode 828, so you can jump online there and check the show notes out. But uh, Dr. Brad, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. We will do it. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon